Hi, hello, how are you, sunshine? Welcome to the Waves of Joy podcast. My name is Shauna Diddle. I am a small town girl from upstate New York. I'm a diagnostic medical sonographer, a certified personal trainer, digestive health specialist, six-figure entrepreneur, future functional medicine doctor, and conscious joy spreader. I am obsessed with helping you navigate the undercurrents of life. The time we spend together will teach you how to live simply, leave the mundane, travel the world, demystify happiness, and radiate joy. So get ready to massively uplevel your life starting today. Recognize the inherent wisdom of the body. Everything starts with your body. So how do you love yourself? Self-love is a journey, not a destination. It's all about investing in who we really want to be in the world in order to be our best selves. Well, this is awkward. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be in a fourth world country without any cell service. And here I am recording a podcast, April 24th. Things change in life, you guys. And I talk to you all the time about investing in the pivot or go broke with the plan and being malleable and being okay with not knowing and being uncomfortable with uh, comfortable with uncertainty, all the things. And more than ever, these past few days, I had to take my own advice. It's been rough. It's been hard. And I know a lot of you are invested into my day-to-day. And I love that for me. And I love that for you. And I always hope to inspire one of you. So today, I want to talk about listening to your gut instinct and how sometimes your body's just telling you exactly what you need to hear. And often, we ignore that little tiny little tiny voice. Your body will whisper at you until it screams. I learned that through shingles and bodybuilding. I learned that through a divorce. I learned that through a lot of things. My gut instinct never was wrong, but I never listened to it. I had to be put almost on my deathbed from bodybuilding. I just didn't understand why, but then I realized I wasn't listening. So leading up to this trip, as I spoke to you about on the last podcast, which you probably just listened to um, yesterday, I there was a lot of risks for going on this trip, and the biggest thing was the safety, right? And for me, I wasn't more, I wasn't as concerned about the safety, although I should have been. I just don't watch the news. I don't live in fear, but I have people that love me. I have people that are in the military. I've gotten the DMs of like the intel of like that's just not safe. You shouldn't go. I've been hearing it for months. Okay. Pick and choose your battles, pick and choose what you want to hear, take what everybody says with a grain of salt. And I have my most, my biggest concern was illness. And that was a valid concern considering what the past two years have looked like for me, right? I still went through and got all the vaccinations. I did everything I was supposed to do. Literally, I told you guys, I spent a thousand dollars on vaccinations, but nothing matters about your, when it comes to like preventative medicine, it, those vaccinations did not matter. If my body was going to talk to me and tell me that I shouldn't be going, it was going to do it acutely. Something was going to happen, right? So I had a like a one really good cry fest before I left with Cam, just like I was going to miss him, but I just, I was sad. I was crazy sad. And I was like, what's going on? This is very unlike me. My, you know, my period is coming. Maybe it's that. Like we can, we can chalk things up and make excuses all day long. So I left. I left anyway. I was fine when I left. I got to my sister's. I was like my, you know, I got my hair braided. Like y'all, I was in. It was less than 24 hours before I was supposed to go. And only a couple hours of being at my sister's, she literally picked me up at the airport. We ate at this amazing Mediterranean restaurant at like 4.30 PM. And I was in bed by 10. 
by 10.15, I wasn't feeling good. I had read the boys um, a book and we had cuddled and I just wasn't feeling good. I was just like dizzy and a little bit nauseous. By 10.30, I was texting her to come upstairs and help me get these braids out of my head. I had a, My headache went to a severe migraine and I literally was laying on an air mattress, rolled over on my right side, throwing up in her pasta pot that she brought, ran upstairs and brought to me while she was like vigorously unbraiding my hair. I was like fine talking to her and then I turn over and throw up. And it took two and a half hours to get those braids out of my hair. It took four hours to put them in. And if you saw the pile of hair on my Instagram, you know that that was a lot of extra hair and and, uh, pressure on my head. When it was down, it felt really light. But when it was up, it felt super heavy. It was fine. I just, I went there wanting some organic braids. Like I didn't want a bunch of hair and I didn't feel like I spoke up enough about that. And so literally three packages of fake hair went into my head and it wasn't even in my hair for one day. It was 19 hours. I literally counted. I was like, wow, that was a waste of $200. However, I was so sick. I was like, get these things out of my hair immediately. So we started at the top. Literally, she was trying to make me laugh. And I was like, okay, I'll laugh and throw up and like, well, what's some bonding time? I haven't seen you in two years. That's how it all started. We get all the braids out of my hair. I take a shower, go to bed at like midnight at her house. And I'm like, okay, don't make any rash decisions tonight. Like don't just wake up the next day, right? And this was, um, so then this next day was 24 hours till I was leaving. So now the braids are out of my hair. I I got a decent night's sleep, but I didn't, I was, didn't feel right. I'm like nauseous and I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like I've ate my normal food. I haven't like had anything crazy. I wasn't drinking nothing, nothing was wrong. And I was like, what do you, what do you, what's going on? Like, I just, I wanted an answer so bad when really it was my body talking to me. I was scared. I was nervous about things like, and I, I, something told me that I was going to get sick. Something told me like, it wasn't like my mind creating stories anymore. My body was showing up in a different way. I had that huge rash on my skin that came up uh, first on my chin and then on my backside. And then uh, at my sister's house, like I said, I was throwing up and I had the migraine and I was very like, just, um, I felt like I was on a boat, almost like I had vertigo. I was dizzy. I'm like, oh my God, like I was, guys, that migraine was so bad. I can't imagine if I was in another country, let alone a fourth world country with six other people, which like I said, I'm going with a team, but I don't know the team. Like I know one person and you know, when you don't feel good, you just want to be home and in your bed. So even though I was with my family, I was just like on an air mattress with my sister and like, I just wanted to be home. I don't know what I wanted. I just felt, I felt like out of sorts, right? So my girlfriend, Ashley reached out to me and she's like, oh, I want to FaceTime you before you leave. Like, you know, and this is Ashley who I called her in Jamaica when I was drugged. She is a, she's a doctor. She's a really good friend of mine. One of my longest friends. And this girl, I love her. We have two very different views. This is why we get along so well. I'm like, I listen to her. I respect what she says, but I still go do my crazy stuff, right? And so she's been through a lot with me. So when she wanted to FaceTime, I was like, of course. So we FaceTimed and, you know, I like I said, I don't live in fear. People have been projecting how scared they were for me. And y'all, like, this isn't a safe place to go. Like, I get that. And I think what what happened is the way my body was reacting and my gut instinct, I was like, you know what? I can't be of any good in this world if I'm six feet under, if I'm locked up in a cage somewhere being tortured, like I just, and I didn't, I didn't mean to create these stories. Like I didn't live in these stories. I just was thinking like, be realistic, Shauna. Cam likes to call me naive. He's like, you're a little bit naive when it comes to stuff like this. And I think he's right. 
And so the call with Ashley, like she literally had tears in her eyes. She's like, can you please give your mom my email so I know that you're safe and like all these things. She's like, I just care about you so much. And I know these people reaching out to me, it's because they love me. Like it's a, I have a very small group of friends that truly, and family that just truly love me. And so I left it at that. And then my dad had called me and he was like, um, he got mad at me. He got mad at me and he doesn't get mad ever. And I was like, are you like projecting your own insecurities on me? Like, I know you love being at home and being in front of the TV. Like, not really. He just likes to unwind at home. He just, he's a homebody. He's okay if he never leaves his hometown. If it wasn't for my mom, I don't know that they would ever go anywhere. But my mom books the trips. My dad always has a great time. But he's like, Shauna, he's like, this war in Sudan is getting really bad. They're shipping civilians out. Like, it's only 500 miles north of where you're flying into. And I was like, okay, like, I hear you. And and so his fear turned to being scared. And the scared turned to being angry with me because I was like, you know, why didn't you have this conversation with me like months ago? And he was like, I I did. I told you. And I was like, in a very indirect way, but he's like, you always do it anyway. And I was like, okay, that's fair. He's like, but in this case, your safety's at risk. And he's like, I don't know what I would do if something happened to you. And my heart sank, right? It's your dad. And I just put myself in his shoes and in my parents' shoes. And I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I want to help and I want to give back, but there are safer ways to go about this, right? So having a really good friend and, and then having family that truly care about you. Like, I know I'm so fortunate. So my dad says, what does Cam think? And I was like, well, Cam supports me, but no, he doesn't want me to go. And I did make a promise to Cam a while back that if it was a level three, that I wouldn't go. I said, if it was a level two, then I would go travel advisory for the, for the travel over there. And, and now Sudan was a level four, do not travel. And they're literally shipping Americans out of there. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I want to help, but what to, at what cost am I helping? I can't put a price tag on my life. So I had a lot of tears and I was just really sick to my stomach. And again, the inherent wisdom of your body. My body was talking to me. There was no reason for me to be sick. I was with my family. I was happy. Like everything starts with your body. And here's the problem. We spend our lives masking the symptoms instead of uncovering the root cause. So I could have, I could have covered that up. I could have taken some Tums. I could have taken some Midol for cramps. I could have taken some Excedrin for a headache. I could have covered it all up. And in the past, I would have done that. But in this case, this was a huge thing to cover up. There was a reason. What is the root cause? Like I really had to figure that out. That day I decided that I wasn't going to go. And I, I texted the leader of the group and I said, you know, I've been feeling really sick and this is all true. And I'm not, you know, I'm not comfortable. I'm not going to be of any help if I'm over there sick. And this again was my body talking to me like, of course, we'll pray for you. Like all these things. I woke up the next morning and realized my clothes were soaking wet. I had broke a fever. So I, I was, I was sick. Obviously I showered and I just still had this awful headache and was nauseous. And I FaceTimed Cam and I told him I wasn't going. And I was like, are you surprised? He's like, not really. He's like, you were so 50, 50. And I feel like something so big in your life shouldn't, you shouldn't feel 50, 50. And if you feel 50, 50, you really need to listen to your body and your heart if things are talking to you, if if they're, you know, sending you signals and they were, okay? And so, and then I FaceTimed my dad and he was like, really? Like you decided not to go? It was almost like, really? You're going to like listen to me? And it like broke my heart yet made my heart so happy because like I would, I would be so sad. One day I hope to be a parent, right? And I would be so sad if I, oh, it's making me tear up. If I thought that my child was trying to do good for the world, but there's a chance that they wouldn't come home. Okay. 
Now, I know people that have served in Africa and other parts of the world and Uganda, and there will be the right opportunity. It, there will be. And I know, and I thought this was it. And I, it was so, like so many things had to fall into place for this to happen, right? But it took me up till 24 hours before the flight was leaving to say, no, I'm not supposed to be at that airport. I'm not supposed to board that plane. Like, no. And so I made the calls. I had texted my friend Ashley. She's like, Shauna, I could cry. Like, I'm so grateful. Like, what do you need from me? Like, just so supportive, right? And this was so hard for me because my friends, my close friends, I could name three of them, maybe four, they get how invested I am when I go all in. And when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So this was so hard for me. Like you want to label yourself. Am I a quitter? Or, you know, why aren't I worthy enough of this? Or why is my body not showing up for me? And I didn't label any of it. I was just like, this is happening for me. I always tell you guys that. And it's about time I take my own advice. So we've learned to see our lives as a random collection of symptoms and they're not. We put them all in a pattern, we correlate a diagnosis, and we feel we've named who we are, and we've decided our future, what we're supposed to do that day. But symptoms can really serve you. Now, they can harm you as well, and I, I will talk about that. But in this case, I wanted to share with you how symptoms can serve you. I haven't had a migraine in over a year. I have not thrown up. Oh my God, I felt like it was my 21st birthday all over again. My sister was holding my hair back, and my hair was in her pasta pot. Like, are you serious right now? You know? But we're wired and we're tired and we make irrational decisions and we don't get sleep and we live on energy drinks and we find ourselves living in a state of alarm and then we wonder why we can't make good decisions. This was a huge decision. It was huge and it was an expensive endeavor and it was something I truly felt called to do. But when the time came down to it, when the moment came that I was supposed to leave to go board that flight, I sat there and I looked at my nephews and I looked at my family and I thought about my conversations and I thought about how my body was talking to me. And I said, no, I got a message from somebody on Facebook who said, I'm so impressed with you. You don't care what people think, what they're going to say about you if you do or don't do something. And that's truly how I live my life. You guys see me being extravagant and crazy and traveling and doing all the things, but I'm also smart. I'm smart in that I make the choice that I feel is best for me. And I'm proud of myself because this was so hard for me, so hard to not go. So I want you to ask yourself, does your symptom have a role, a function or a purpose or an intention for you? Now, if you wake up every day and you're like, I have a headache, I have a headache because this headache gets you out of work or out of arguing with your spouse, that's probably not really serving you. You're ignoring something. You're avoiding feelings. You're stuffing your emotions down. And as long as it serves a purpose, it's going to stay. As long as your symptom serves a purpose, it's going to stay. So guess what? I just got, I was nauseous on the plane ride back to Colorado. I stayed an extra day with my family. My dad was like, hey, come up to the lake, like hang out with me. I was like, no, I just need to get back home. I need to reset because when you plan for something for so long, you guys, it was kind of like acclimating back after Europe. Even if you don't go, I've spent months thinking about this, planning things, writing my passwords out. Like we have a proof of life word in case something happened to me. Like this was major. And it's now like I've been home for a day. Today is the second day and my symptoms, I feel like are just starting to subside. I've just felt super nauseous and like not with it because my symptoms have been serving a purpose. So if you're a little kid and every day you have a bellyache and that gets you out of school, that symptom is serving a purpose, right? But then there are other areas of our lives where the nauseous stomach or the chest, like the heavy chest pain or whatever it is, there's symptoms that are serving a function or an intention in our lives that we ignore. Your body is talking to you. It's like little love notes being sent to your brain. 
typically ones that we ignore. Honestly, you guys, we fear judgment and the consequences of our honesty. Like if I'm honest with myself, well, I'm thinking, what are people going to think of me? That's what I would have used and that what I that's what I used to say to myself but now I'm like no I don't care judge me all you want what are you doing like I don't I don't care do what you got to do like say what you want to say but you know thank you for your feedback it's it's not it's not serving me So if you have symptoms that are serving a purpose in your life it's going to stay because your mind's job is to give you what you think about We talk about manifestation visualization all these things that woo woo shit that people think it's woo woo but it's real If you tell yourself I'm fat and I'm ugly and I don't deserve love, guess what? That's all you're going to see every day. If you say the commute to your job is killing you, your boss is going to put you in your grave. Be careful. You'll get sick. These words are strong, strong indicators of how we feel about ourselves and our lives. Now, instead of making myself feel a certain way or unfeel a certain way. I just listened to my body and I saw my feelings and I, I'm not my feelings. I'm not my situation. I just saw them and I felt them and feelings and and symptoms, you have to feel them all the way through until they no longer serve a purpose. Because remember you saying your commute is killing you. Your spouse is going to put you in your grave or your kids are, you know, literally, you know, making you feel like you're a hundred years old. It sounds so silly to say like, you're like, oh, it's just like lighthearted, whatever, but it's not. Your brain has no sense of humor. It doesn't know what's real and what's not. So when people are really sick and they try to come out of their sickness and and they say like, I just kept saying positive things. And I kept saying that I was healthy and smart and, and, you know, happy. And you can pull yourself out of so much depression, anxiety. All of that starts with what you tell yourself. So yes, your symptoms do have a role, function, purpose, or intention, but how long they stay around is depending on the context and what you tell yourself. No, we often reject what's unfamiliar because it's uncomfortable. But if we have a symptom that's serving us and we can get out of work every day or get out of school every day or get out of arguing with our spouse, we're going to keep feeling those feelings, having those symptoms. My sister for a long, long time had back pain. I'm not really sure how she worked through this, but until she started telling herself a different story, she always had back pain. We fall back into what we know. Your body only knows what your mind is telling it. And if you look in the mirror every day and are negative and and degrading towards yourself, that's the life you're going to live. Nobody else is going to change that for you. Now this morning on a podcast, I heard something very powerful. Write this down. The way you feel about everything comes down to two things. The pictures you create in your head and the words you speak. They're powerful. You're worthy of love. You're worthy of feeling how you want to feel, feeling good, being happy, and not labeling things. Because this wasn't on my agenda. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't plan all this. I didn't record five podcasts and have my life down on paper and tell people my passwords to everything and pack up my life to just be like, meh. Never mind. Recognize the inherent wisdom of your body. Everything starts with your body. So how do you love yourself? Self-love is a journey, not a destination. Ask yourself, genuinely ask yourself, does your symptoms have a role, a function or a purpose or an intention? I bet you they do. 
And as long as it serves a purpose, it stays. I love you so much. Thank you for being part of my journey. The highs and the lows, the crazy in between. Y'all never know where I am or what I'm going to be doing. But this platform is hands down my favorite and I will never miss an episode and I'm giving you bonus ones too because I just love chatting with you and I hope to inspire you. The stories you create around your life are truly your reality. So if something tells you to do something different or not to get on the airplane, don't do it. Don't care what anybody else says. Just walk away. Be proud of yourself. I love you. I'm here for you. Be kind. Give back. The world needs you just as you are. Drink your water. Eat your veggies. Smile.